Today we're playing one of our fan favorite episodes, The Hunt for Black Holes with Carl Gephardt. People are so curious about black holes. Why do you think that is? Um, I mean, they're small, but very, very incredibly heavy. Um, and people like small, heavy things like paperweights. Some people do, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so what I'm curious is how we find out more about black holes when we can't get anywhere near them. And we definitely don't want to. Yeah. I just saw that scientists discovered what they call a rogue or wandering black hole. Ooh, is that like a black hole that doesn't follow any of the rules? It's a black hole that's not in the center of a galaxy where they're usually found hanging out. It's wandered away from its parent galaxy, and it's somewhere near the edge. Ooh, like just lost the supermarket. <laughs> Has anyone here lost a black hole? Well, the black hole is 100,000 times the mass of the sun, so it's one big kid with a huge gravitational pull. It's like the big kid that doesn't know his own strength and just wants to give you a big hug, but then ends up distorting space-time. That sounds like a tough bully to handle. Here's the thing, though. Hundreds of these rogue, wandering black holes could be in our own Milky Way galaxy, and scientists have just figured out how to find them. Whoa, that's super exciting. Yeah, but what are we going to do about them? Whatever you do, try not to fall in. <laughs> Stay tuned to learn more about black holes. Hi, I'm Lindsay. And I'm Marshall. Welcome to Tumble, the show where we explore stories of science discovery. Today's show is about everyone's favorite space object of doom. We're not talking about the Death Star, we're talking about black holes. Black holes! How do scientists find out about them without getting sucked inside and never escaping? And what do they want to know? We're about to find out. What's your name? My name is Charlie. Charlie recorded a question with his mom for us. What's your question? How do black holes work? Well, how do they work? I mean, I guess they just sit there and stuff falls into them. Kind of like a waterfall? Yeah, like a space waterfall. Ooh. Black holes are actually one of the biggest mysteries in space, and people have been thinking or theorizing about them for over 200 years, way before astronomers could detect their existence or even begin to understand how they work. Our producer, Sarah, happens to work at the University of Texas, a short walk away from one of the world's top experts on black holes. Hey, Sarah. Hi, Lindsay. Hi, Marshall. Hey. So you're here to help us talk about black holes because we don't know a lot about them. I am so excited to help answer a question about black holes, and I knew just the guy to ask. I'm Carl Gephardt. Uh, I've been working on black holes for many years, trying to measure their masses inside of galaxies. He's a professor here at the university, and he took me to his lab where they're building tools to find dark objects, like black holes, in space. So where are we going? Up, up one floor. Yeah, this is where we're building all of our spectrographs. Uh, what did he say? A spectrograph? Yeah, what's a spectrograph? Spectrographs are like the heart of every big telescope. Yeah, so it's the, it's the essence, I would say, of astronomy. Astronomers use spectrographs to determine far more than pictures ever could. They reveal motion, but also temperature and chemical composition of all the things seen by the telescope. And all your observations on black holes use these? Yes. Oh, 
Is the lab open? Can we? Yeah. Is that okay so, if we walk in there? So, Sarah, what did the lab actually look like? It's just a normal room? Yeah, it's a normal room, but filled with spectrograph parts. And they look basically like barrels, shiny barrels, filled with honeycomb-shaped mirrors that look like rainbows are trapped inside. And I'm guessing there's unicorns inside, too. The science is still out on that, but Carl says... His space discoveries basically all come from the information found from parts like these. So it's like unicorns for him. (laughs) I take data from a telescope and I write a computer program to try to analyze this and trying to interpret how the universe came into existence. Wow, so he's finding out how the universe started? He's trying to figure out how everything started. He travels the world looking through telescopes into the furthest points of space, gathers all the data, and then, you know, tries to figure it out. I'm an observer, and I'm trying to understand where we come from. I knew we should talk to Carl about black holes because he's famous around the university for measuring more black holes than anyone else in the world. There are probably 80 to 100 black holes that have been measured in the universe now. I've probably been involved in maybe 40 to 50 of them. But are they hard to find, or is it just like picking apples off an apple tree? Black holes, like any dark object, are hard to find. You can't see them. Light cannot escape. By theory, by definition, by everything we know and love, um, you can't see a black hole. That's where spectrographs come in. They help find and measure objects moving near the black hole, which look very different than parts of space without black holes. For example, if you saw a star that was going around in a circle and nothing in the middle, you'd say, oh, what's going on in that situation? Stars don't do that. They move because they move under a gravitational influence. Oh, okay. So it's because you see other things acting in a certain way, you would know something was there even if you can't see it with your own eyes. Like, you know there's wind because you see the leaves move. And that's what Carl was basically trying to do. He was trying to find black holes from looking at the stuff moving around them. When Carl started looking for black holes with the Hubble Space Telescope about 20 years ago, he didn't even know if he'd find one. And that time was just crazy fun. It would take me at that time like a few months just to do a one galaxy. And boom, I'd say, yeah, here's a black hole. I'm like just jumping from galaxy to galaxy to galaxy. And it's like so exciting. So he's like, you get a black hole and you get a black hole. Everybody gets a black hole. Yeah, jumping from galaxy to galaxy, finding black holes everywhere does sound super exciting. So it's like he's a black hole space hunter explorer. But he's really on Earth just looking at spreadsheets. Hey, guys, maybe we should get back to Charlie's original question. How do black holes work? (laughs) Uh, You know, they, they don't work. They just sit there and they just have things fall into them and be a center of gravity. They're our laziest workers, I guess I would say. Somehow I never really thought of black holes as being, like, lazy. Like, you know, they don't clean up their rooms or get up for work. Yeah, it doesn't seem like they have to try very hard. Well, I mean, they don't really because gravity is doing all the work for them. Black holes are made because of gravity. The things moving outside the black holes move because of gravity. And the things that get sucked inside get sucked inside because of gravity. 
If you're caught inside a black hole, you can never escape. This is a gravity becoming so strong that it just warps everything around it and you are effectively cut off from our universe. You can see it, but you can't get back out into it. And that is really awesome. I mean, it's awesome, but I, I think I'd rather not be stuck in a black hole if I have the choice. Me too. I mean, I understand you're trapped in there because of gravity, but how does gravity make a black hole? Well, a simple way to think about gravity is it's basically just a force, right? That's pulling you down towards a large object. It's what keeps us from floating off the Earth. I thought heavy hats were the only things keeping us from floating off the Earth. <laughs> that's, that's why we wear them. It is a little bit more powerful than a really heavy hat. And the larger the object, the stronger the gravity. What happens is there's this point when an object gets so heavy that the gravity is so strong that everything just collapses down. You take the whole Earth and you squeeze it down to the size of the grape, then it becomes a black hole. So anything can become a black hole as long as you squeeze it down to a high enough density. Astronomers call that point of collapse the singularity, and there's one at the center of every black hole. It's the ultimate win for gravity. Effectively, and this is the mathematical term, space-time closes in on itself. Whoa, so black holes are like a gravity superpower? Uh, bending space and time inside out is a pretty cool superpower. I'll bet you could stop at least one robbery that way. It is the coolest of superpowers, and the result of when space and time go inside out are just, well, as you might imagine, crazy. So what can this gravity superpower do if you get stuck inside a black hole? Or if you're trapped in one of those things, like what would it look like? It's, it's like you're living on the inside of a sphere. And if you were inside of a black hole and, say, I took a flashlight or a laser pointer and I pointed it straight away from my face, it would come around the back and hit me in the back of the head. Because space-time is curved in on itself, and so that what this light beam is doing, it's like traveling in this curved path inside of a black hole. What I think is that we should send a cat into a black hole and just drive them crazy with flashlights. <laughs> so what I'm hearing is you're not a cat person. <laughs> they would love it. They would love it. You know they would. Yeah, they'd be like, it's over here, but it's over there. It's over here. Well, this is just one idea. Scientists don't know what happens inside a black hole. And that's just one of the ultimate goals in science right now is to figure that out. Yeah, so there's probably just a black hole full of cats that are perfectly happy because nobody's bothering them. So any theories that don't involve cats? Uh, no. Maybe do you get to meet the overcat? All really good. Uh, <laughs> but Carl had some other ideas. Porthole to another universe. You know, access to a higher dimension, etc., etc. And that's where you get some crazy Hollywood films. Black holes are just fun. And the thing is that they're also super important. Carl says they could be the key to understanding physics and how the universe works. This is how we make advancements in science. Um, if we can explain all the details of what goes on inside of a black hole, that means we understood how gravity works on very small scales. That will be fundamental. So do scientists ever know anything 100%? Like I remember uh, most science quizzes you give have pretty clear right or wrong answers. Yeah, that might make it easier, but I think Carl would say that's missing the point. You can never prove anything in science. That's not what science is about. Science is basically about checking off the alternatives and being left with the last one standing. 
Right now, the last one standing is black hole. No one's come up with a really good alternative, but that's what science is. Again, you never really get to whatever you call the ultimate truth. I'm not even sure what ultimate truth means. So is he saying that the idea of black holes themselves could be disproven? Yep. Basically, black holes are just the best theory so far to explain what Carl and others have observed going on out in the universe. Well, if they weren't true, or if they weren't real, wouldn't that just completely turn his whole career upside down? Well, yeah, it could. And I asked him, what if someone found something tomorrow that proved everything he thought he knew was just wrong? I want a theory to to come along that can explain that. We've been struggling for a long time. And we're not there yet in explaining what goes on inside of a black hole. And so, I, you know, we need a revolution. Maybe I suspect it's going to take one smart person to think outside the box or to think inside the box, inside the black hole, and to come up with a new model. So someone who's in school right now could be the one to find out something huge and new about black holes or whatever it is that's out there. Exactly. So, like, maybe if the overcat is really hanging out inside of black holes and just controlling the behavior of every cat, that makes in a the lot. Universe, it's starting to make sense. It's cats. all coming together. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, then we understand why people keep cats as pets because I never got it. Before. It also explains gravity. I think <laughs> <laughs> my job here is done. We are all made of stardust. Connecting us all is what art does. The universe is so marvelous, it's startless. Pardon my soliloquy, though. My name is Barnaby. If you have any crazy outside of the box theory about black holes, we want to hear it. Email them to us at tumblepodcast at gmail.com. Contact us through our website at tumblepodcast.com or message us on Facebook or Twitter. Drawings are always a bonus. We love seeing drawings. And we'll post them on our website when we get them. So, Sarah, thank you so much for coming over and enlightening us about black holes. No problem. It was so much fun. And thanks to Carl Gephardt, professor of astrophysics at the University of Texas at Austin. I'd like to thank Secret Agent 23 Skidoo for the music in this episode. It's from his upcoming album, Infinity Plus One, a big bang of intergalactic rap and stellar storytelling. It's science hip-hop, which is awesome. Yeah, it took a day and a half to decode the strange math on a spacecraft. That's way fast. And did you know that you can help make Tumble possible? So Tumble is free to you, but it costs us money and time, lots of time for us to make. We want to keep making the show and more cool stuff for you. If you want to support us, just go to our website and click the donate button. And there you'll see some instructions about different ways that you can help us make this podcast possible. Also on our website, subscribe to our newsletter for kid podcast recommendations and news about our show. And here's some kind of old news you've heard before, but Tumble is made by Sarah Lentz, associate producer, Marshall Escamilla, host and music, but not this time, and Lindsay Patterson, host and producer. Thank you so much for joining us. And tune in next time for more stories of science discovery.